Thank you for tuning in today. We hope what you're about to hear will encourage you and bless you, leaving you with the joy of the Lord in your heart. Continue to stay tuned for today's awesome encouraging words from Pastor Dr. James Sutton. We always want you to stay encouraged, blessed and full of love. Praise the Lord. Welcome everybody to Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church's uh, evening Bible study. We normally call this the Dig Deeper Bible Study. And I welcome everyone who has decided to take their time out of their busy day and join us to go over the prayer. Uh, we're going to open up with prayer. Sister Frida, pray us in. The Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us this time to gather together. We pray that you allow everyone who's tuned in to be able to focus and understand and receive the message that it is for you to have us learn tonight. Pray that you be able to teach and give him our strength and wisdom so that he can teach us. And uh, we thank you, Father, for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So what we've been doing for the past couple of weeks is going through the basics of what salvation is. We talked about uh, justification. We talked about sanctification. We talked about uh, the resurrection. We talked about uh, uh, being made right with God. That was the, 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 the thing that needed to be done through the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the shedding of his blood because without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sin so we went through the basics to get to the point to whereas we were declared righteous so that we can uh be saved so it's by the grace the power of grace to which we've been made righteous through the shed blood of christ that we have received grace upon grace and mercy so we want to continue in that vein but today we're at the point in second corinthians where we're going to talk about our responsibilities of being part of the body of Christ. So we want to make sure that we understand that we are servants of God and therefore being servants of God, we have to be committed, accountable, and responsible to continue to receive the benefits, the advantages, and the rewards. This is a thing that we do because we've been called by God to do this. You, you, what you've been called to is not by man, but it's by God. And I want to show today the, the uh, specificity, the specific specificity of being called, but all of us are called to be what I'm going to show is an ambassador of Christ. So it's very important. I may be a pastor, but in God's economy, those who are saved, those who have been born again are ambassadors. So we're going to prove that out today in the text. Let's go back to Second Corinthians. Let's go back to Second Corinthians. And we're going to start at verse 18, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I'm sorry, at verse 18. And it says, all this from God, who through Christ, and we have to remember everything we have is through Christ, re reconciled us to, to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, when I say reconciliation, a lot of people get confused. And I'm going to make it real simple. We've been given the ministry to make the relationship right again. OK, we've been given the ministry because when you reconcile a marriage, uh, uh, 
Sister Venus, when we reconcile a marriage, the relationship, the good relationship is restored, right? Yeah. So in this, we become born again. We're given, gifted, anointed, whatever words you want to use. This is what you're giving it for. You've been given the ministry to make things right through the preaching and teaching of the gospel message to which we've been going over the basics. Yeah, it's the death, burial, resurrection, but you need to have a lot more information for someone to get convicted. So someone to get curious and ask the question that we all hope people ask, what must I do to be saved? So we're concerned about the gospel message, but I want to focus in on today what we've been given to do. What is our commitment? What is our accountability? What is our responsibility? And it starts off first. We've been given this ministry to make things right through the gospel. Okay. Then we got verse 19. It says, that is in Christ God, again, always in Christ, was reconciling the world to himself. He was going back to pre-endemic times to reconcile the world back to him. Meaning that post-Adam, we were separated from God the commonwealth of Israel, and we were enmity. We had enmity with God. We were the enemies of God. We were born dead, separated from God. We were born in our sins. We were born in our trespasses. We were separated from God. We was born in iniquity, and we were born dead. We needed a new birth. Now, what, what happens a lot of times when we try to explain the gospel, we, we approach it as a rehab uh, uh, venture versus a rebirth venture. God is not trying to make you a better person. He's making you a new creature. That's why I talked about duck, duck, goose on Sunday. A duck is not a goose. So when that person touches you, they say, goose, you've been changed. And you're not no longer with the ducks. And you try to chase down the one who made you a goose. What well, the same thing we do with God. God sovereignly chooses those to believe. And, and the first thing they do is not see the reward of, of salvation, but see the great impending doom of their sin and their trespasses and the weight and the punishment that it carries, if not dealt with. See, we have to create that atmosphere where people understand there's a penalty to pay. The wages of sin is death. And the hardest people to get saved are relatively good people because relatively good people are always comparing themselves to relatively bad people. But the standard of holiness is always there before us. Holiness is the way and God's standard has never changed from Genesis to Revelation. It is holiness and the mankind's problem all the way through the Old Testament was they could never achieve even given the law because the law ended up as we read the Old Testament by Paul only magnified their sinfulness and where there was no law there was no sin but once the law came it just showed that man couldn't do it and man needed a king a savior and a priest but he needed one that was holy. And God had to provide that for him down through history. He promised Abraham that the that the that the his nation would bless other nations. But in the meantime, his nation began to be like other nations where they were supposed to be separate. And therefore, God had a plan from the beginning of time, which you're going to find out in the ministry minute. But you were given the ministry of the gospel of grace, not the gospel of works, because that's what the Israelites had. You were given the ministry of the gospel of grace and all that it entails where he has done the work and we benefit from it. And what we have to do is believe in the work that's done, follow the commandments post work. And then what we have is our relationship 
reconciliation restored. And once we restore ourselves, then we are commanded to have this ministry that we go about reconciling others to Christ also. As he continues to reconcile the world to himself through his resurrection. Okay? We're on the resurrection side of the cross. Not, not the pre-cross. We're post-cross. Okay? Verse uh, 20 tells us, Therefore, we are, here we go, ambassadors for Christ. God made making his what appeal through through us. We what implore you on the behalf of Christ. See, be reconciled unto him. So what we done, we've been given the ministry and the ministry carries a title. The title is ambassador. So Venus, when I say ambassador, what do you, what, off the top of your head, what does that mean when somebody's an ambassador? A delegate that represents a country. A delegate that represents a country. How much authority do they have? They have a lot of authority. They have a lot of immunity as well. Authority and immunity. And the authority comes from the governing body that sent them, right? right. So if I say, if God says we're an ambassador, who's our governing authority? God. God, in particular, who else? Jesus. So we are Christ ambassadors. We are grace ambassadors. If he saved us by grace, our message needs to be grace because that's the message. We don't preach another message than the ambassador that we are. We are Gentile believers and we preach grace, Christ and him crucified and all the details of that so that we can represent our king, represent our Lord, represent our priest, represent our prophet. So we come under the authority of Jesus. It's just like this. If I would send a preacher out to preach, not only is that person preaching under the authority of Jesus, but they're also preaching under the authority of this local body called walking truth. Okay? And we have to be accountable to the authority that sends us out. And I know that's a dirty word these days, being accountable to people. Everybody want to, I tell you, that judges thing sticks in my mind. Everybody want to do what's right in their own eyes. But they fall astray because they don't want to be accountable. They don't want to be responsible. And because of that, when we represent Christ, then we just represent ourselves. Okay. Uh, verse 21 tells us that for our sake, he was made himself to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So those who are the ambassadors. Because of what Christ did became sin for us, right? Because he became sin for us, we have the position of being the righteousness of God. So the righteousness of God comes with a responsibility. You can't call yourself a righteous person of God unless you're born again, blood saved, blood bought, you were bought with a price. You, 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 you believe upon the slain lamb. He was raised for your justification. All of that's part of the gospel message of us being an ambassador. We have to be able to articulate that to all those of foreign countries, meaning outside the body of Christ, because we're sojourners through this world. So that's right. We're ambassadors in this world. We're in the world being his ambassadors, but we're not of the world anymore. And our job is to try to convince people through the gospel message to to get saved, to make them feel the weight of the impending doom. If they take another breath and they die today without Christ, that's a far cry from what we taught today. What we're taught is the sinner's prayer. 
which is not in the Bible, and that way of evangelism is nowhere to be found. It makes no difference what you say. But if you don't have any repentance in your heart, you can't be saved because what are you being saved from? If you never admit that you need a savior, then you just say, well, I, I'm going to say I know Jesus. Well, demons know Jesus and tremble. You know, I need to get to the point where the weight of the impending doom of my sin and my wretchedness, because if we're born in sin and shaped in iniquity and we are actually Ephesians chapter two type Christians, we deserve to die but God. And see, we go to bug God before we get to the part that we deserve to die. You forget that part that it says you deserve God's wrath. And God provided a way for you to get saved from the wrath of God. You're not necessarily saved from the devil. Because the devil's not going to put wrath on you. You're already saved from the person who's going to give you the punishment. Right, Frida? If your mama whoop you, you're not saved from the teacher who told on you. The devil going to tell on you. But the person going to give you wrath is your creator. So you're saved from the wrath of the creator that he promised those who wouldn't believe upon his son. In John chapter, uh, 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 I think it's John uh, 3, 19, it talks about that we are condemned already because we don't believe, because we prefer darkness rather than light because our deeds are evil. Well, if that's the case, then we are already set to receive the wrath of God, but God, what that but contains, death, burial, resurrection, the blood and all that justification sanctification, glorification all that is contained in that but God moment where he has deemed you righteous as we see and therefore you can get extended this grace that saves you because the grace goes to the righteous the punishment goes to the unrighteous. You follow what I'm saying? You're not, but what they get because they don't believe is wrath. What you get because you believe is grace upon grace. Okay, and even that is the gift of God to those who believe. Even that, okay, go uh, six and one, Stacy. Go to the next chapter, six one and two. Second Corinthians six one and two. Working together with Him, then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For He says, "In a favorable time, I listen to you." And in a day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is a favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now he's going way back to all the times he saved Israel. And he's saying, I heard you. I heard your plea. And I saved you. But don't you take your position in Christ, your ambassadorship, your, your ministry, and use it in vain. How will we use it in vain? We use the power that God has given us in grace for our own selfish needs. That's vain. We don't use it for other people. We don't use it to bring other people. We don't appeal to nobody. We're trying to appeal to people to look at us. But I'm an ambassador too. It didn't eliminate me. I am an ambassador just like you are. We are all on equal footing. This is what God says. This is why I love, love God. I may be given the assignment as a pastor, but at first and foremost, I'm an ambassador. And I do the same thing you do. I make an appeal for people to get saved, for people to believe in Christ, for people to decide that they want to come and be part of this kingdom. But I have to preach the gospel in the correct order. I have to deal with their sin. 
Before we get to the blessing with your name on it and all that God has for you, we have to deal with the sin issue because it's the sin issue that keeps you separated from God. So until we deal with that and deal with that honestly and bring you to the point of repentance, then we've done you a disservice because if we take you straight into you say by grace through faith and there's no repentance, then I've actually done you a disservice because when repentance is required and that weight comes down on you, you're going to say, well, didn't I say the prayer? Yeah, but you never repented. <laughs> you never repented. What you did was ask God into your heart. Now, let me ask you this. Where does it say that? Why would you want God to come into that dirty heart of yours? That ain't what he promised. He didn't say, again, he didn't say you was a rehab. He said you was a new creation. So how are you a new creation by him coming into your heart? He said, I will take the stony heart from you and give you a heart of who? His flesh. That's a new heart. That's a transplant, not a rehab, not a reconstruction. So the ministry that we've given of reconciliation to make us right is the new birth. That makes us righteous. You have to be born again. But you have to be born again, starting with recognizing who you are without God, the reality Regardless how righteous you think you are, you don't smoke, you don't drink, you don't do that, you don't do this. I don't do what everybody else do. But you know them the type of people that's hardest to get to admit that they're sinners because they believe compared to the world that they're in, the people that they're around, they're good people. And you can't convince them to repent because look at all the stuff I got. Look at how I'm being blessed. But the devil can bring you blessings in the material world. To get you to never admit that you need God. You'll never repent for who you are in Christ. You'll never repent for the fact that you're born in sin and shaped in iniquity. You'll never repent because you're full of the trouble as the sparks fly upward. upward. You'll never repent because your heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. You'll never repent because of that. What you'll do is go along and say, okay, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, and end right up in hell because you're a good person. Think about the rich young ruler in, 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 uh, in Luke chapter 18. God showed what he coveted. And because he wasn't willing to follow God, guess what? Unless he repented, he ended up in hell. Did he take his riches with him? No. So even what you covet, you can't take with you. That's why it's so important to get the gospel message right. I know this is hard for some of you because some of you, all you did was come forward. You gave it. You got the right hand fellowship. You went to baptism. And again, no repentance, just I love Jesus and Jesus loves me. Yeah, that's true to a point. But the thing about it is you can't get to that point till you deal with your sin. You can't get to all that Jesus loves you stuff because Jesus promised that if you don't repent, you condemned and you're going to receive the wrath of God. That's his promise. That's not a maybe. But those who believe are saved. So when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is raised from the dead, that was said simply. But the confession part. What you're not confessing he God. You confessing that you're a sinner. And then you believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead for your justification. Not for his. He's already glory. He's God incarnate. But his resurrection was for you to deal with your sin. To acknowledge that you have that, that once you were born again, you are made the righteousness of God, which we read. Okay? All right. Free to go to, go to, uh, let's look at uh, Mark chapter 10. 
Start at verse 42 through 45. Mark 10, 42. Now, before we start there, in that last verse you read in 6 and 2, it says, now is the acceptable time for salvation. As ambassadors, we must create the urgency of getting saved. We must create that urgency that they need to do this now because the next breath is not promised. And I know that's hard for us to deal with some of our loved ones in that way because sometimes they don't want to hear about the fact that they're sinners. They don't want to hear about the fact that they that they are destined to go to hell. But what kind of loved one are you if you're not willing to at least tell it to them and let them be mad at you? But you can actually clear your conscience and say, I told them. Because once you plant the right seed, it's up to the Holy Spirit at that point. One man plant another waters and God get an increase. Neither the man who plants or waters is anything but God who gave the increase. So we have to think about that. We have to really uh, put that in our mind. That our job is to be an ambassador, plant the seed, and let the Holy Spirit do the rest. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who's sending us. Okay? The Holy Spirit is the one sending us. All right, go ahead, Frida. Read uh, Mark chapter 10, verse. And we're going to see how God looks at us being servants. Because an ambassador is just a servant. They don't work a ton. What is the word I'm looking for? They don't work autonomous. Just right. They they work under that authority. So they don't, they're not long rangers, saints of God. I know some of y'all think y'all are. They work under the authority of the body to which sent them. It could be one person, but it could be many. But we work under the authority of the church. The body of Christ, which he is the head. Okay, let's see what Jesus said to his disciples. Coming from the NASB. Calling them to himself, Jesus said to them, you know that those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles, Lord over, Lord it over them. Mm -hmm. And their great men exercise authority over them. So their great men, their rulers, their pastors, their Pharisees, their prophets, their priests exercise rule over them. They lord over them. Okay? Get that in your mind. So Jesus is saying, this is how they have, this is how, this is what I see they're, they're doing. But I'm going to give you what you should be doing. Go ahead. But it is not this way among you. It is not. It is saying it should not. It said what? It is not. That is imperative. You don't get a choice. Not if you are ambassador of God. You don't get a choice. It is not this way. What? Lording over people? Have people following you like a little puppy? Running, having running behind you? Doing stuff for you thinking that that's necessarily a great relationship with God? And again, I'm not saying that people shouldn't do stuff for their leaders. I'm not saying that. But there's a point to where it's ridiculous. And it's actually pastor worship. Apostle worship. They drop a tissue and you can't, you only let it hit the ground. <laughs> you jump under it. You know. As if God is impressed by all those physical, emotional uh, escalades. He's not. Okay. He said that will not, and that manipulation they have over you, make you think if you only, if you, because you, the reason why you're being blessed is because you go to their church. That's manipulation. You tell them you're the only church on the whole planet that's right with God. The devil is a lie. See, that's manipulation. It sounds good, but it's not. You got blessed with a car because you go to this church. Really? I'm more concerned about your soul. I ain't worried about your car. You'll get a car. Trust me, they'll give you a car before they give you a house. 
Yeah, that's how the world works. All right, go ahead. It's not mentioned among you. Start restart there again. But but it is not this way among you. Mm -hmm. But whoever wishes to become great among you Who, shall be your servant. Whoever desires. He's talking to his to be apostles who because they just told him, James and John, I want to sit on the left. I want to sit on the right. And he's telling them, this is what's going to be required of you, that you be the greater servant. As an ambassador, we are servants, not only to the head, but to the people that we talk to, trying to convince them that they need Jesus. They need a savior. OK, we're the greater servant. I carry you on my shoulders. You don't boof me up and carry me. I'm supposed to be the greatest servant, the example. Jesus was our example. Go ahead. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be slave of all. Be slave of all. These are strong words. So if I want to be first, if I want to be recognized as the person who's first, I have to humble myself and be the slave to all. Do we really see that in churches nowadays? Nope. You got the people being slave to the pastor. You got the people being slave to the ministry. You got the people being slave to the cult of personality that's in there. I know you don't want to hear this, but check, ask yourself, are they a slave to me or I am required to be a slave to them? Do they, you know, and, and, and I know they, they tell you we pray for you and all that. And I'm talking about where you can actually genuinely see that their whole purpose, their whole mission, their whole persona is to serve you and not be served. Okay, go ahead. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. There you go. Jesus said, I didn't come what, Alfreda, to be served. I didn't come to be served. I didn't come for you to pat me on the back. I came to be a servant. I came to be a servant. I didn't come to be servant. I didn't look for the, for the glory of man. And the way he served us most is by giving his life. The ultimate service is to give one's life, just like our soldiers. Their ultimate service, you hear it all the time, is that they gave their life for their country. And as an example, we're ambassadors of the one who gave his life. So therefore, we should be willing to give our life. If it requires us to die, then so be it. But a lot of times, all it is required is us that we spend some time with the Lord, spend some time in the word, spend some time in fellowship and go tell others. A far cry from dying, but you're dying to self. If you are an ambassador. Because you might not be an ambassador. Because the ambassadorship is not something that is bestowed upon some Christians. This is given to all Christians. The ministry of reconciliation is not a choice. It's a marching order. So yeah, you may be the only person the Bible may see, but you better say something because they ain't going to get saved by watching you. They're watching you to see if what you say match up to what you do. And what you end up doing, if it doesn't, you hamper what you say. Because you go to the old saying, do as I tell you, because I'm telling you what's in God's word. But guess what? I don't believe it enough to do it myself. I don't believe enough to do it myself, to submit to the word of God that I'm telling you. I've watched it so many times where saints of God, or let's say so-called saints of God, have said one thing 
and present themselves out there in the street another way. And then the person that, that they can reach, the person that would love to come to Christ, say, you know what? I'm not going to do that. Because I don't understand why they're wasting their time. They saying one thing and doing another. And then, the, of course, the heathen will say, I'm a work in progress. Don't judge me. Well, the problem is we don't judge the world. The world is already condemned. Means that's one of the funny thing I learned. The world is already condemned. We don't even need to judge them. The judgment is inside the body of Christ. We're supposed to judge each other. We're supposed to hold each other accountable. It hurts me when a saint of God says, don't judge me. Because what you're doing is trying to hide your sin. The world is condemned. I don't need to judge them. They're acting as heathens. Our thing is you said you belong to Christ. You said you was an ambassador. You said God called you, anointed you, and all that stuff that we say. But there's no fruit. And then we catch you acting systematically different than with your profession, then we must question you because you're part of the body, and the body is required to remove leaven from its presence. If you want to go back out in the world, go back out in the world. If you want, that's where church discipline come in. That's another dirty word. Discipline. Well, you can't be a disciple, the root word, and, and not be disciplined. And discipline don't mean always mean punished. Discipline can be made the narrow way. Jesus even said, the road to where you, to me is narrow, and most people won't find it. But the road to hell is broad. Filled with all kind of notions and all kind of so-called spiritual things and all kind of Christianese language and people going to hell because they follow the broad road because they listen to the teachers that tickle their ears. You want to be so spiritual, but you don't know none of the scriptures in the Bible. You want to be so spiritual, you can't treat people right. How can you be nasty and be a child of God? That don't even make sense. How can you be arrogant and be a child of God? How can you look at people in disdain when they don't call your title out and be a child of God? The only title that we really have is ambassador. So we need to start dressing each other. Ambassador Frida. <laughs> ambassador Venus. Ambassador Jeremy. Because that's what he said we are, ambassadors. And you are righteous. Not by what you've done, but by what he's done. But what he's done for you. He gave you the, the garment of salvation, Psalm 61, and the robe of righteousness because he couldn't put the robe of righteousness on somebody who's not been made righteous because that'd be a violation of the understanding of what righteousness is. Okay? So we don't lord over people. We service the people, and the greater servant would be the one up first. Go to 1 Corinthians. Uh, go to, uh, yeah, 1 Corinthians. Read uh, verse 4 and 1, uh, Stacy. 4, 1, and 2. 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. This is how one should regard us. This is how look, look, pay attention. How should we regard ourselves? As servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Stop. Servants of Christ, ambassadors of Christ, and stewards of the mystery of God. Keep reading. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. And you'll be found faithful. It's required of the stewards of the mystery that you be found faithful. Now I'm going to ask the $100 question. What's the mystery? 
that we're stewards over. You need to know what that is because how are you going to steward it if you don't know what it is? The gospel. The gospel. That's the mystery. And you said, what's the mystery? The gospel of grace that brings all Gentiles in the church. Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory. That was the mystery. The Jews didn't, couldn't see that coming. All they saw was the continuation of I'm in trouble. He come save us. You know, that pattern. Ezekiel. They look into Ezekiel, but God had a plan in between it. That was a mystery to them. And that's what we're stewards over. We're stewards over the body of Christ, not the kingdom, the body of Christ. And of course, wherever the king goes, because we're his body, we're going to be in the kingdom. But we have a different relationship. Because all of our relationship, we come in by faith, not a work that we do that we get in. We get in by his work. And they and our job is to be the light to them, to show them what they should have shown us, that that the only way to truly have a relationship with God and get reconciled back to God is not through works, but by faith. The faith that Abraham had before he became that which we before Moses came, you had Abraham, the father of faith. And he was a father of faith while he was a Gentile. Not a Jew. And we are the children of the stars. The ones that are bloodline is the children of the sand. Two sets of children. One man. We come in through faith. They come in. We come in by faith. They come in through faith. Faith in what? Faith in what the, the, the patriarchs taught them about faith. That their works didn't work because of the human factor that greed and sin is always tainting their works. That's why Jesus said, I died once and for all for sin for mankind, the Jew and Gentile alike. Is he he's the he's the God of the of the circumcision and the uncircumcision. OK, he's the God of the unrighteous and the righteous. He saves the unrighteous and he continues to sanctify the righteous. So in this, we all regarded as servants. See how the level playing field is? See, so when you come to church, don't look at your past as somebody special. Look at them and say, you know what? Are they a greater servant than, than me? Because I want to look up and be there. I want the example for us is to be servants. Those of us in leadership, regardless, those of us in leadership, especially the board of this church, our job is to lead by example, not to tell you, well, I'm a board member. You need to do what I say. Uh-uh. We reason with people and let the Holy Spirit deal with them. And if they decide not to listen to what we say, oh, well, we can't make them do anything. We hope the Holy Spirit will make them do what was right. Now, if we ask them to do something that's diabolically wrong based on scripture, then that's one thing. And let me tell you some saints that are listening worldwide. Your pastor only has authority over you as far as his Bible takes them. They don't have no more authority over you other than where the Bible says the word of God. If we are, 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 are stewards of the mystery, that's as far as our authority go. We don't need to be in your financial life. And only reason we need to be in your marital life is to maintain the unity of the family. That's the, if you want us to be. But only thing that we are, are going to be held accountable for is that we are supposed to look after your soul. So once your soul is saved, by the planning of the gospel of the mystery that 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 I'm a steward over and that you're a steward over that we're ambassadors of, then the Holy Spirit takes over and we turn you back over to the one who sent us, and we work with 
the Holy Spirit as we read in Corinthians 6 1. You work with God at that point. You never God, but you work with God as his ambassador. Okay? Go to uh read uh uh 4 2 again. First Corinthians 4 2. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. So now it's required. You don't get a choice to be found, to be examined, to be looked at, to be observed as faithful, steadfast, long-suffering, patient. Part of that faithful is the fruit of the spirit. We should be looked at people who bear this fruit because we're ambassadors of the fruit and we give out the fruit in the gospel of grace. So we should be what we preach. Now, does that mean we perfect? No, I don't want you being mature about this. It doesn't mean that we're perfect because we're not perfect. We're being perfected and God is not limited by time of linear to see us on the road to perfection. OK. So he sees us as a done product. But we're on the journey of sanctification. You see, that's the line that people get get blurred. You need to know the, the sovereign salvation versus the work of sanctification that you participate in with God. He's sovereign in your troubles and he's sovereign in your triumphs. He's sovereign in your 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 despair and he's sovereign in your delivery. He's sovereign. So whatever you go through on your on your journey with God, he's ordained it for you. The devil has no more control over you. The day you became a new creature, that relationship with him has been severed. The penalty is gone and his power is gone. And if you allow him to have power, that's on you. That's on you. That's not has done that. God ain't lost his power. You've allowed by being a willful being to fall back into your old ways of the old father that used to be your father and not follow your new father. And the reason why we study the Bible is to build up the spiritual man to continually crucify the old man. We crucify that man daily by the power of the word of God and prayer and praise under the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. We're making our spiritual house stronger as simultaneously as our natural flesh is decaying. And so many times the whole cosmetic market for men and women is based on Venus trying to keep you young forever. Trying to take care of this body that's going to die anyway. Trying to make you look pretty. Trying to take the wrinkles away. Of what was what was the curse that was Adam that, that, that Adam gave us that we will die. And you even spent so hard trying to stay here. You you do anything to stay here. And I'm not saying, and I'm talking about ridiculous stuff. They come out with something, cryogenics, you're going to freeze yourself so you can come back. Well, think about this. When you freeze yourself, you're probably 80 when you do that. You're going to come back as an 80-year-old man? <laughs> what, what, what kind of what what deal is that? I'm going to freeze myself at 25 and not live to 80, so I missed out on life. I'm going to come back to a world I don't even know at 25? See, it doesn't make sense. But the flesh tells us to do all this stuff liposuction, lifts and tucks and all that to preserve this thing that's still dying. You can't stop it. Where you can spend the same amount of money, the same effort in strengthening the spirit man through the word of God because you are a steward. You are ambassador and you should be found faithful because he's working on you. 
Okay? Go to 2 Timothy. No, go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Let's see. It says, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. There we go. The steward. We created for this good works. The servant. We're created for this good work. Okay? We are his workmanship, meaning he's working on us so that we can work. And it's all in Christ Jesus. It's not outside the body. It's inside the body. For those of us who are inside the body, we got work to do. Ambassadors just don't get to sit there and go to dinners. They have diplomatic immunity, meaning that whatever's going on in that, on a world country, like Venus, I'm glad she said it, immunity. We are immune for what the world, the world system. We should not be subject to the world system in the sense of we're here and we still got to deal with certain laws. But the world system should not govern our thinking because we're ambassadors of God. So whatever our, our, our God says is what we say. We don't repeat what the world says. We don't re, we don't fall for the culture as it goes up and down, back and forth. Everything changes. What was bad yesterday is good today. What is good today is going to be bad tomorrow. It is always changing. You can never uh, uh, keep up with the changes. But God's word will stand forever. And if he says it's evil, it's evil. Even he said, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. That's, that's what the culture does. Think about this. In my time, when I was growing up, marijuana smoking was a bad thing. Now it's acceptable. And some say it's a good thing. And it must be so good that our country is legalized it. And I'm, and I'm not against it in that sense, but I'm saying... I remember where you were scared to smoke anything because if you got pulled over, you was going to jail. Now you ain't got to worry about that. You might get a ticket or not. You can't even drive down the street these days without smelling marijuana from the car that's five cars in front of you. And their windows rolled up. And they consider that's a good thing. Okay? But that changes. God's character doesn't change. Your ambassadorship and who you loyalty loyal to doesn't change. If, and if it does change, then you might not be an ambassador of Christ. You might be a, a spy, an infiltrator. Okay? Go to uh, 2 Timothy. Go to 2 Timothy. Let me see. Do I have 2 Timothy? No, that's all I have. So we're not going to go to 2 Timothy. So we're going to talk about Ephesians 2.10. So again, we're ambassadors of Christ. We've been given the mystery, which is the gospel of grace. And we're supposed to be good stewards over by being faithful to it. You're faithful to the gospel message. You're faithful to the Christ that died for you. You're faithful to the ones who are on the same path you want. And you continue to examine yourself to make sure you're in the faith. That's not a one-time examination, as Marvin would say. That's an ongoing examination all throughout your life. Am I in line with the light that I've been given by the word of God? Baby saints aren't required to be as mature in this word as adult saints. But adult saints need to understand they are given a responsibility. And it's dangerous to truly learn the word of God in context and line by line and verse by verse. Because now what happens is you're going to be accountable to what you've been taught. And you won't know whether you get it or not until you teach somebody else. Until you take your ambassadorship and go out on the work, and go out on the field of battle like, like Jesus called, called us to do and steward that, that message, that ministry, that, that mystery of 
Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory. How did he get in you? And now you begin to tell the story of the gospel. But you create the atmosphere until a person understands that they are a sinner and they need a savior. And once you create that atmosphere, it's actually downhill from there. Don't put don't rush to tell everybody. Oh, if a person sitting there and examine themselves, don't tell them. Don't don't assume that they're going to pass. Tell them, to look in the scripture and see. Now, think about this. There's a situation going on right now, and I hope they're listening. You examined yourself and you thought you wondered by something that 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 was I presented whether you were saved or not, because based upon what you may have seen or heard in this video, you might assume that you're not saved. Now, our normal reaction is to run and make that person feel good, right? Oh, no, no, you say. OK, but what you just done is tell them stop examining themselves that, that, that it's all in their head. But it may be true that they're not saved. And this is what can happen. Only two good things can happen. If they're not saved, you can present the gospel to them to get them saved. And if they are saved, they can look at the, the examination and say, I'm saved. So either way, they're going to get saved. But if you run and short circuit it because they're feeling bad, sometimes we need to let the person feel the weight of the wrath of God so they will turn and ask that question. I keep telling you, what must I do to be saved? If you listen to Peter's first sermon and 5,000 were added to the church, he didn't tell them how good they were. He didn't tell them how great they were. He didn't tell them that they won't receive camels and gold and all that stuff they could receive in that time. What he told them was they killed David Messiah and that they were sinners. And they cried out, what must I do to be saved? They got convicted. We have to start preaching to convict people and uplift the saints. The same message that convicts a person to get saved for the saint of God, it makes you feel real good because you know that you're in the faith. You know that you're an ambassador. You know that you're a good steward. You know you don't have people lording over. You're not lording over people. You are the servant of all those who want to hear the message. And for those who don't know, you don't judge them, but you judge yourself and you judge the house of God. And God said judgment begins at us first and it starts with us for us. And he even said this. He let you off the hook. He said, look, if you judge yourself, I'm not going to judge you. He's talking about the people in the house. He ain't talking about them out there. He talking about, he's not talking about the heathen. He's talking about the people in the house. So as ambassadors, circumspectly, we look at things. We make judgment calls on ourselves and those in the house. And then we go out and preach the gospel to which is the mystery that we've always be good stewards over. So I want to thank everybody for listening today. I'm going to pray us out. And uh, again, thank you for taking the time and spending this time and joining us at Walking Truth Christian Fellowship Church. Uh, our hours of service are uh, 830 on Sunday and 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. on Tuesday at the Universal Church of Jesus Christ building located at 2301 Wallace Avenue, Overland, Missouri, 63114. You can get in touch with me by emailing me at WITMIN at Yahoo.com for any questions or any comments. You can also listen to the rebroadcast that's going to be on YouTube in a few hours. Again, if this, if this message has been good to you, please give your prayers to us. And if you'd like to donate, look down in the description box of the YouTube message and you'll see how you may donate on your favorite platform of choice. Also, you can check out our podcast that is daily and uh, you, we can be found anywhere. All you have to do is search on your computer, Walking Truth, Walk Truth Radio Network, or you can even hashtag us. We got our own hashtag, 
Hashtag D as in David, R as in Robert, J as in James, C as in Sam, C as in Charles, and S as in Sam and the number two. Uh, hashtag DRJCS2. And you will see everything that we do from our video lessons to our uh, audio podcast. We can be seen anywhere and heard anywhere on any podcast platform. You can even, what's that one that you have that uh, you talk to? Lexi? Is that the one? Alexis? You can, if you got Alexis, Alexa, if you have Alexa at your house and say, Alexa, if you have Alexa at your house and you say, uh, let me listen to Walking Truth, we'll come up. Amen. So I just thank God for everyone that's tuned in. Thank God for uh, uh, his saving grace and thank God that he's clarified what I am in Christ Jesus by being a steward. Again, I always want you to be encouraged, blessed and be at peace and always remember walking the truth of the Lord. Thank you very much. If you do not have a place of worship, please consider Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church your home. We are a safe place to worship, supporting the edification of the body with all of its gifts. Sound biblical teaching is at the center of our worship as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Sharing the fruit of the Spirit and moving forward in faith through serving our community is our privilege and pleasure. Please feel free to contact the ministry at 636-344. 0539 or email us at witminyahoo.com. Thank you for your consideration, be blessed, encouraged, and walk in the truth of the Lord.